Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Businesses of all sizes have been affected by COVID-19. In response to this, Postmedia Solutions has created a five-step guide aimed to help you adapt your business during this global crisis. To get this free guide, visit postmediasolutions.com adapt. If you've streamed a lot of TV shows during this lockdown, you're definitely not alone. Demand for content is way up as people around the world stay home and turn on their screens. That's been quite the boon to the content industry. I'm Emily Jackson, and you're listening to Down to Business. This week, we're joined by Jennifer Twiner McCarran, Chief Executive of Thunderbird Entertainment. This Vancouver-based company employs about a thousand people and is actually hiring during this pandemic as demand for entertainment soars. Jen joined me to discuss how streaming changed the game in a pre-pandemic world, how Thunderbird shifted its production teams to work from home during COVID-19, and how she anticipates the pandemic will change the entertainment industry in the long term. Tell me a little bit about Thunderbird Entertainment. What sort of content are you known for? Yes, absolutely. So Thunderbird Entertainment, we're a premium, high-quality content company. We do shows, uh, kids and family shows, a lot of animation, like Last Kids on Earth or Beat Bugs or Hello Ninja, 101 Dalmatians, Donald Duck. Uh, We do a lot of factual shows, which are documentary style of uh, television series like Highway Through Hell, Save My Reno, Fire Stick Hollers. And we uh, do some scripted shows as well, like Kim's Convenience, Some Assembly Required. And uh, we actually did the, the feature film, the, the Blade Runner movie, the second version. So quite a diverse array there. What would you say your biggest audience is? I think our biggest audience, um, you know, would be focused in the factual and animation divisions. Um, so we do a lot of, both of those genres would be considered strong for co-viewing. A lot of families like to get together and watch factual shows. They like the uh, Amazing Races, um, the Highway Through Hells, and families love to gather and watch um, animation for all different ages. So those would probably be our strongest audiences, as well as Kim's Convenience right now is the number one hit comedy show uh, for the CBC. Where do people watch your shows, typically? Typically, the kids and family uh, is seen all over the streamers. Uh, we do a lot of work directly with Netflix and Hulu and Apple and Disney Plus and soon to be Peacock, NBC's uh, new streamer. And also the factual shows are seen that you can find them on the on the streamers uh, like Netflix, but they're primarily delivered and um, positioned highly with Discovery and CBC. Uh, so we, we deal with all of the streamers as well as the traditional broadcasters. Now, streaming has proven to be a major shakeup for the content industry. Obviously, this has been a trend for the past several years. I'm wondering, how, how did that affect Thunderbird's business strategy in a pre-pandemic world? Pre-pandemic, it's been an absolute boom. Um, you know, people now can watch content on any device, anywhere, at any time. 
we delivered to 190 countries, 40 different languages. And so already this was breaking the mold for us as it pertains to kids and family where you used to try and, you know, develop and sell a show for that coveted Saturday morning cartoon slot. That is now wide open. The barriers are gone. And streamers are measured on subscriptions, not ratings like traditional broadcasters. So their success is measured on the number of subscriptions added. And to maintain those subscriptions, they constantly have to refresh content to keep people interested and glued and subscribed. So demand seems to be quite high. Do they have a way of evaluating your shows, you know, or is it just we need more content all the time? They they do, you know, give us some top secret numbers from the streamers on how much people have watched, how much they've completed. We can never share them. And, um, you know, but kids and family is a key strategy for all of the streamers and factual as well, um, because that co-viewing mantra, they, this strategy is is that if you can keep kids and families group be it factual or animation then people are less likely to sort of subscribe for one show that they like and then quickly unsubscribe so how has the pandemic affected the streaming industry what sort of changes have you seen so far well it is booming i mean content is something that is doing really really well uh right now netflix uh, released their recent numbers. They're through the roof in terms of subscriptions. And it really, uh, content's a healthy escape for people right now. It's something we all need, not a ton of, but we do need. And because, you know, that we can't shoot a lot of live action right now, you, you can't get 250 people on a set shooting a, a scene, um, but you can shoot animation with, you know, people at home with their headsets on and uh, factual is more of a guerrilla style of, of filmmaking with, um, you know, one or two people doing a, a documentary. And then the majority of the work happens back in the office doing uh, the editorial. So uh, there's an increased demand for what our company provides because people need content right now. And we're so lucky and grateful that we're completely able to work and haven't missed the beat. So most most business stories have been a bit depressing during the pandemic, but it does seem like this demand and content has been quite good, frankly, for the content industry. Thunderbird is hiring. How many people have you hired during this time? And why was now the time to do that? Well, we've hired about 30 people since March 25th. And uh, the demand continues to grow. We were successfully able to get all um, of our employees off-site in Los Angeles. We have about 100 people in Vancouver. We have around 750 people in Ottawa. We have around 150 people. We are able to transition everyone home and safely to keep working. And the, the focus has just been because there is an increased need for content and we can provide content, we just want to keep as many people safe and healthy and working as possible. So if we can take on some new work and keep more people working, um, it's a small win, but it's a a win for us right now. What are the production logistics from home? How does that translate? Well, it's, you know, we were, again, the IT and and pipeline people are real heroes of the company. They uh, late February came to me and said, you know, we're watching what's happening in Asia and we think we should plan for a full-scale work from home initiative. And uh, they deserve all the credit because I honestly was like, okay, I'm listening, but really? <laughs> um, and, and then there we were, you know, three, four weeks later with exactly that. 
so we bought it. We invested about, I'd say, $225,000 as a company on a new firewall uh, to help with latency so that things moved more quickly. Um, we bought everyone's Teradici licenses, which is a secured VPN portal. So it's really, you know, almost eerie if you were to walk around our Vancouver offices right now. You can see what people are working on on their desktops at work, um, but it's a secure portal to their home. We dropped off uh, equipment for everyone, um, did polls. What are you missing? What do we need? We bought new equipment for anyone who didn't have it um, and fully got people set up at home and ready to go. And now um, that enabled us not to miss any deliveries. We haven't, with all of our Netflix, Disney, the list goes on. We Discovery, CBC, we haven't missed a beat. And so we just continue to optimize. When we initially got off site, we were running at about 90% productivity, and now we're up to about 100% productivity. And what we're focusing on now really is just, again, as paramount, how are our employees doing? Are they safe? Are they healthy? And then mostly the mental health considerations that come along with working from home. Some people's productivity has increased and they love it. And others are struggling a little bit, understandably. Maybe they just moved to the city in Vancouver or they're living alone in an apartment. They don't have a lot of resources around and that's really hard. So we're really trying to focus on each individual employee's needs and make sure we're taking care of them as best we can. Mm -hmm. The whole work from home thing has been an adjustment for everyone, I think, but it's pretty staggering to hear that your productivity levels have stayed so high. What does that mean for the future of your business? Do you see some sort of long-term changes in how the content industry operates? I think so. I don't think we're ever going to go back to having 700 people in buildings again. I think we never would have tried such a full-scale work-from-home initiative. And we sent a survey out last week and what we're seeing in the preliminary results come back in from all of our teams is that people would like some modified version of it. They'd like to work from home sometimes. They'd like to get into the office for the big creative meetings that are lost over Zoom. But they'd also like to, as it pertains to Vancouver, I'll use an example, buy real estate. So before, you know, driving two hours each way was prohibitive. But now if you have a dream of living sort of somewhere else in the province or, and that's okay, we can make that work. So I think we'll be able to offer employees greater work-life balance and flexibility, which is fantastic. We've always been striving to do that. And the only, you know, security considerations, we figured it out. Uh, We have tight security protocols with people like Disney who are working on IP like Donald Duck. They've done a full audit of our company and really it's, just, uh, you know, don't work in front of your windows. So so they're that serious, hey, like close the blinds, make sure no one can see the screen? Yeah, don't sit on a busy street in Toronto and have exactly what you're working on pulled up. Um, but other than that, we've, we've conquered the security uh, breach issues, which is great. And we continue to, to focus on that because that's really important to our partners that were buttoned up. But I, I, you know, we're looking at all the buildings we have and thinking, do we really need this much space? Of course, when we you know, the peop- the meeting rooms will need to be changed. So we're looking at maybe we do need more space because we're assuming that this is the new norm, um, that a vaccine might be years away. So how do we continue to function, deliver great quality content in all of our divisions and keep, number one, keep people safe as our, our duty as good corporate citizens? 
I mean, if the vaccine is years away, I think you're, we're going to need a lot more content for, especially for parents who are maybe relaxing their screen time rules a little bit more than they usually would. How does the pandemic, though, affect some of your shows like Kim Convenience or shows across the industry that do require people to be on set filming? What do you see as changes in the type of content people are going to be receiving? Is it all going to fall into more reality TV, you know, that easier, smaller crews to film and animation? I wonder how you see that shaking out. Well, it's interesting. I think that there will always be a role for live action. And I think right now what we're doing uh, with regards to Kim's is we're just getting all the scripts written, doing everything you can so that we're as ready to, to go as, as we can be when, when we're able to shoot. I think it's a creative industry. I think creative minds uh, will come up with a lot. There's already a lot of work going on with remote cameras, how those remote cameras can shoot without people behind them. I do question intimate scenes with actors, you know, or fight scenes or anything that involves a lot of, you know, entangling of people. Uh, so I think that will see, see shifts in for the near future. But the creative industry, I think they're going to come up with some pretty compelling solves. And the type of content people want will shift. I know even watching shows with my three kids right now, they're like, oh, they're standing too close together. People are so conditioned for the social distancing right now. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's true. I um, I watched a show the other day and people were on an airplane. I was like, oh, the, the audacity of it all. Um, yes. It will be interesting to see how that shifts. How do you think the pandemic will affect the entertainment industry as a whole as we move forward? You know, with some of these creative solutions in mind, what do you expect to see as long-term changes? Well, I think um, entertainment will remain healthy. It's, uh, well, you know, as parents, we all, myself included, worried about the amount of screen time. It does provide a healthy, necessary escape. Um, you know, we've been talking to Children's Hospital in Vancouver, and they're thinking about doing um, a pain-free room where you don't need medication for procedures. You just have a great content on and it's proven to lift the spirit, even if we're helping parents boil potatoes safely <laughs> um, with good content, you know, at dinner hours, that's a win. I think um, theaters will stay and evolve. Uh, I think drive-ins are going off right now. You know, if you own a field and a screen, it's a great time to open a business. From uh, what I've been reading is that the drive-ins are just overwhelmed. I think that uh, premium video on demand is going to be something to watch. The recent um, success of the launch of Trolls World Tour, which was released directly to people's homes, and it was a huge boom. Now, whether that was because they have an entirely captive audience and it's the type of material, I do think you're going to see more premium video on demand, maybe not a direct release to theater or some combination of that. But then some movies would do better in a theater. They held back Fast and Furious for another year because they really believe that deserves a theatrical release. I think theaters will always have a place. I was lucky enough years ago to meet one of the principals from Cineplex Odeon and that's when streaming was starting to emerge. And I asked him then if, he, you know, if home theaters would take over and people would stop going to the movies. And he said, no, absolutely not. One word, hormones. And I was like, hormones? And all of their studies have shown that people develop an early love for the theater because as teenagers, when you're starting to go out on your own and you're looking for a safe outing, nothing's better than the theater. And that develops an early love. And 
that surrounds sound and the escape will will find a way to live on, even if they have to move seats and, and make it a little more spacious. So it, change is expected for the foreseeable future, at least. But I guess that demand for a distraction will just keep on rising. Jen, thank you so much for making the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Emily, I so appreciate your interest in um, Thunderbird and the great questions. That was Jennifer Twiner McCarran, CEO of Thunderbird Entertainment. Thank you so much for listening to Down to Business. And as always, thank you to our team, music and production by Bryce Hall, editing by Yadula Hussain, and web support by Pamela Heaven. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and rate us on your podcast app. I'm Emily Jackson, and until next week, you can get all your business news at financialpost.com.